This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former and former Imran Khan. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. I appreciate it. You got the <laughs> message. You're wearing a Christmas sweater. I am. It's happening right now. It's yes. December. We got to celebrate while we can. Yeah, we got to get in there with the Christmas spirit and then be slowly drained of it as the month goes 100%. On. That's yeah. what the hat and coat will do. It'll keep you going. You know, <laughs> are you excited to have to wear it one day? You know it'll happen. I'm... Yes, I'm curious, like how I'm gonna, like how much I will drown in that thing. Sure, yeah. Because like the, the, the Halloween, Halloween one, the Halloween one was like it was just a jacket. This is a full ensemble. Yeah, I, I'm not saying you have to put on my pants. You know what I mean? I'm going to at least once. Okay, that's, yeah. I'm fine with the that. The tie I'm concerned about. Sure, but we'll sure, see. Sure, sure. You're just wearing yeah. all. You're gonna look like that kid at the end of Big, who like when Tom Hanks <laughs> shrunk back down. Can I tell you what's fucked up about Big? I would love. Well, other than the fact that he's like a 13 year old having sex with a grown woman. Yes, that. Yeah, and then she finds out, and she's not all that, like. Freaked out about it. No. And then do you understand? Do you know that there's an alternate ending to Big where she goes to the thing and wishes to be small and she goes back and lives in like they meet as children. What? And that's like, like a 30 year old woman who's now in the body of a 13 or eight year old, 13 year old girl who's going to relive life. No parents. No, no. That's why they don't use it, I guess. I've never heard that's, that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a real that's a real thing. That's a real alternate ending. Is to that Big. better or worse than blank check where like the lady knows? He's a kid. I don't remember this part in Blank Check. Like, the accountant lady, like, oh. is kind of attracted to him, even mm. though he's just, like, a kid. Yeah, that's, that's, at least, I think Big, it, even alternate ending Big is better than it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I think then, because yeah, that's just straight up pedophilia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one, they had a connection in Big, and he was a well, big guy at the time. Yeah, that's straight up pedophilia, but this is still, like... Trying to circumvent pedophilia. I forget she in big. She never. So let's throw away the alternate ending in the canon. In the canon of in the big, big canon, yes. She they don't hook up again after she finds out he's a kid, right? No. Yeah, no. yeah. Like she, she's like, whoa, this fucking. I, I mean, she, you know, she had a connection with him, an honest human connection. But as Imran said, she wasn't like totally freaked out about it. Yeah, she was after she, she found she out. She wasn't into it, but she wasn't like. Like, oh god, I had to. Well, there's that moment when he shrinks down and she like gasps because, like, I mean, at some point you got to be like, is this guy on drugs? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to prove it, right? Yeah, I. Big is a complicated moral philosophy. Big is a complicated moral philosophy. (laughs) Most movies from that time period are. You're like, oh man, yeah, it's gonna suck. You know what I mean? Like, we're showing Gen Ghostbusters for the first time. Not what, this past weekend, but, like, okay. in our relationship. Like, you know, probably... I assume that was for a second date. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say. Like, she was like, man, Peter Venkman's kind of a dirtbag. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. But remember, like, Bill Murray at the time, everybody knew him. He's just being Bill Murray. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I guess that doesn't excuse it, though, does it? That he's, like, all over Dana Barrett and say, nah, all right, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I, with Disney Plus, I've been watching a bunch of old Disney movies. Yeah. They're pretty much all, like... One good character surrounded by assholes who all get redeemed. Yeah. Or not redeemed, but the the character forgives them, essentially. Like, sure. Mulan is a good example. Never of, saw it. You've never seen Mulan? No. How is that possible? Uh, I don't How? like cartoons, all right? All right you love cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. 
But like everyone in that movie is a huge asshole to her. Yeah. Because they know she's a woman. Sure. Or once they find out she's a woman. And then they're just like, oh, well, she saved China, so I guess she earned it. No, she's it. cool. Like, what about all the other women who didn't save China? They're not cool. Did they, did they have their attitudes changed at all? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think they had that moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Mulan's got a lot of work in front of her. But knowing Disney, there's been three directed DVD sequels, though. Yeah. I'm sure it all happened, and she had a cat and had to worry about that thing doing something. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? These DVD sequels always suck, is what I'm saying, <laughs> all right? I don't want to hear about it with Aladdin 2, Aladdin yeah. 3. I just remember that I woke up at some point last night, and I bought you a present on Amazon, and I forgot about it until right this second. You bought me a present? I bought you a present. Damn. It'll, we'll find out in a couple of days. i got to start buying people. Barrett, don't buy me a present, all right? I only do uh, close family. For... I, well, I it's very simply related to yesterday's Games Daily. Oh, I wanted to know. In the pantheon of Nintendo characters, how iconic do you think Pokey the Cactus yeah. is? <laughs> I mean, I would, like, if you showed me a silhouette of Pokey, I'd be like, that's fucking Pokey. Would you know it by name? Yes. Oh, I would know it by name, but I'm weird. He's lying. No, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Sega kid. Loud and proud about it, so I don't know any of these Because I didn't watch that thing with Volley, or the, what do you call it, the sound on. Yeah. So when I saw, like, went to tweet, I was like, Flying Pokey's Abomination. It's because I knew it was Pokey. I gotcha. Knew, that's a name. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Man. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get these cultural divides that you forget, forget it. Yeah, wow. Because, like, again, I would, if you put the silhouette, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's the cact- the ball thing, probably, is what yeah. I call it, because there are multiple balls, right, for a pokey. And I'd be like, okay. But like, I don't think I'd, I, there's not a chance in hell I would know its name. I just think of it as the cactus dude. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. right? The bigger yeah. problem was Kim not knowing ninjas. That's yeah. a way bigger issue. Well, he tried to he's cover it. Nintendo he tried to fan, cover it. Yeah. I don't think he's ever played a Nintendo game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, but enough about that. Today we're going to talk about the settlement over at Riot. Uh, Resident Evil 3 remake leaking. And we have your memories on the 25th anniversary of the PlayStation. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games with your questions, comments, squad ups, and everything else if you want want to be part of this show then you can tune in live as we record at twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you I think the Black Friday sale and Cyber Monday sale, all that crap's over with, but we still have a store, kindoffunny.com slash store. There's a bunch of cool stuff on it. Now you probably have to pay full price for it, I guess, but it's still good. And there's a lot of stuff that we've had up for years. I'll have you know, that's been up for years. It's like $4. So just go buy the stock out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need a dish rag, don't you? <laughs> buy that. Wait, what? Go, it said Garbo Tuesday. Is that something else too? Oh, I'm Achievement Hunter. Who the fuck cares about Achievement <laughs> Hunter? You know what I mean? They don't need your help. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hymns, Tipsy Elves, and Manscaped. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. Epicers! Holy oh, shit. What? Yeah, wow. Barrett, stop smoking. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I need to do? Do you no. understand cigarettes are bad? Because <laughs> no, I'll don't. tell you what. I have firsthand knowledge now. In Paris, people don't know. Yeah. Because everybody's smoking over there. Like, you know what? You, everybody in France? Fucking cool for it. You know? They are very cool. <laughs> I agree. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to do take two. A Epicers! Dozen. I appreciate See, you coming I'm back fun. really hard on that one. Yeah, I appreciate you coming back. I just had a weird frog in my throat. It's okay, it happens. Yeah, again, it's you getting ready to hack up a lung. Uh, real quick, Ignacio Rojas points out Mulan only had one sequel that was direct to video, and it wasn't good. So thank you. <laughs> I'm clear on that one. That's what I like to do. Uh, number one, 
Riot has settled this lawsuit and will pay every female employee since 2014 with a $10 million fund. This is Cecilia over at Kotaku. Riot Games will pay out a huge $10 million proposed settlement collectively to every woman who has been employed by the company at any time over the last five years. This settlement is one of the largest in California history for a gender discrimination suit, says the plaintiff's lawyer. The payout, which was first reported by the Los Angeles Times, marks a sweet moment of justice for women at Riot, who have been systematically disadvantaged working at the giant gaming company, according to a 2018 Kotaku investigation. Our report described rampant sexism at Riot, manifesting in its hiring and promotion practices and bro office culture, which sometimes encourage harassment and gender discrimination. The suit, filed in November 2018, also describes how women at the League of Legends publisher were paid less than men in the same or similar position. A copy of the proposed settlement uh, obtained by Kotaku notes that each lawsuit participant will receive some amount of money uh, determined by their tenure, length, and status as an employee. One reason for the large sum is to make up for what plaintiff's lawyers determined was a significant difference in salary between men and women at the company. Uh, Ryan Saba, the plaintiff's lawyer, said in a statement, quote, that this shows that Riot is serious about changing the culture at the company, end quote. Riot told Kotaku in an email that, quote, we are pleased that a proposed settlement to fully resolve the class action lawsuit against Riot was filed recently by plaintiff's counsel. Uh, the settlement is another important step forward and demonstrates our commitment to living up to the values and living up to our values and to making Riot an inclusive environment for the industry's best talent. Riot linked to a blog post further elaborating on their perspective. Imran, mm. what do we think? This is, I mean, this is a win for all the people who like read that original story or a part of that original story and had issues with the way Riot was run. Like, yeah. it was, it, I went back and read that story recently because I actually went back and checked right now. It's only a year ago. Crazy, that went right? On. It feels it, like, like it's so much longer than that. Like the waves that went off from that original story. And like, yeah. I think I said yesterday on Twitter, it's probably one of the most important game journalism pieces in the last decade. 100%. And it's crazy. Shout out to Cecilia. Yeah, shout out to Cecilia. Like when I was putting up together a news panel, like she was one of the first people I contacted about it. But She's like, I've been on Trevor Noah now. I'm not <laughs> talking to you anymore. <laughs> it was, she was game for it. It's just that she ended up not going to PAX, so it didn't end up working out. But this whole thing with Riot actually going, okay, actually we did fuck up. Our culture of not only like just it being a boys club, but actually that bearing out empirically in the way we paid men and women differently. Yeah. That's they're admitting that now. That it's proven that's a thing that they were doing. So I I'm extremely happy they they put together a fund to go like, okay, we're gonna fix that. Going forward, it's not going to be an issue, and we're gonna retroactively fix a lot of it, not all of it. Yeah. Well, you can't fix all of it, right? Like yeah. that you the 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 mistakes and transgressions that were made, I think, aren't something you can turn key and fix. I thought it was interesting. I pulled this off Twitter. It was getting circulated. Uh, Jesse Perlow on Twitter, who worked at Riot beforehand, right? And I guess is one of the people who reported it. Put up this series of tweets. Gotten a few congrats. So to clarify, women who signed releases slash took severance when they left without receipt. Well, I'm sorry. Let me try all that again. Women who signed releases slash took severance when they left won't receive payouts. That includes me and others who spoke up. Lots of feelings on that, especially given the circumstances around our exits. But overall, this is a win. Then she had another tweet. P.S. Not saying Riot is bad for this. I posted because folks are incorrectly interpreting the article as, quote, Riot paying the women who spoke out in the article, end quote. Women who speak up get discredited with, quote, they just want attention slash money. We don't. So this distinction is important. 
Like, I could totally see some jerk citing this case as proof that women only speak up about this stuff for money. So I just wanted to shut that shit down now. <laughs> Interesting wrinkle I hadn't thought about the fact that if you had already been settled, if you're right. done, if you this is all in a box for you, it's not going to happen the same way. Yeah, and to be clear, like, they're not getting more money than they would have. This is fixing a pay disparity of, like, they did not get as much money this as... trying to bring them back up to where they should have been. Yes. Yeah. This is literally equalizing the board versus, like, trying to put them, them in forward. an advantage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I'm... As someone who had been following the story for the last year, I'm, I'm surprised, one, that it took so long, and I'm surprised that it resolved this well. Like, mm-hmm. Riot was... They were pushing back for a very long time. Well, so you figure they had, you know, when all this happened and then they started moving, then they had the walkouts, right? Because there was the forced arbitration in this. Yeah. That they were like, all right, cool. Then they were like, we'll remove forced arbitration going forward. For not, new employees. Exactly. Right. Not anything that's already happening, which would have been this case in this litigation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a giant can of worms over there since the report. Right. And I do think that, you know, the people they've brought in, the way riots communicated, the, the their 30-day, 60-day, 90-day plans and goals they've put up, like, I do believe that the people who are there and tr- are trying to make it better mm-hmm. and understand they fucked up. Clearly today, they understand they fucked up. And so it's been hard to see them trip up on other things trying to get to this point. Yeah, and from, like, even from a marketing perspective, when... If- like, if you're releasing five more games in the future or whatever that Riot slate of games is, you know, how much that was, yeah. you don't want every conversation to start with Riot, a company currently embattled in a lawsuit over yep. sexual harassment claims and all that jazz. Yeah. Like, you, that was permeating the initial Riot reveal of people going, I want to like this, but I Riot still kind of sucks. So this helps them get past that story and get to, we're more than just a League of Legends company now. We're a company that has a bunch of developers and is working on actively different things now. And we want a like more diverse like group of people to play our games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this works out or not works out well for them, but this is a proactive move that gets them further away from that initial story that has defined them for the last year. Well is it proactive or is it just re- reactive? I mean they got they got in trouble, right? They got sued for it. Well they didn't lose it. They sure. like came Settle. to yeah they came to yeah. a settlement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was them ca- they might have lost the like the end Actual thing, or it could have gone on for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this was here's them, them just what you're saying, admitting wrong, yes. admitting fault. Like let's just stop this. We we agree with what's seen in some respect. Yeah, and it's very easy to go to a settlement and say we're going to do these things, but we're not going to admit fault. Here they admitted fault. Yeah. Here they admitted there was a pay disparity and like there was a culture that negatively affected these women who were working at this company. So here they could just say like. Okay, well, we did wrong. Going forward, we're not going to do that anymore. So yeah. let's move on. Yeah, yeah, good on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Making it happen, getting out there. Uh, I have a "you're wrong" here that I, I honestly, if it wasn't a serious day and we had PlayStation memories and we just had a great story here, I would 100% stop the show, full stop to fixes. Capitalist Pig claims the following: re the big alternate ending. The Susan as a child ending does not exist in any uh, demonstrate or demonstrable way beyond anecdotal stories. There are rumors that the ending was cut due to test audiences hating it, but no footage of this was ever recorded. This is the perfect example of the Mandela effect, where many collectively believe something happened but never was. For example, see, we we know that part. I swear to God, this this is a great example of the Mandela effect because I swear to God, I've seen footage of this. You're you're from a different timeline, Greg, and you just came over here. No, fuck that. You know what I mean. I don't know, man. I, I'm going to definitely be into this after this. Barrett, clear my schedule for the afternoon. All right. All right, because I'm going to get it to the bottom of this big information. I think we need to watch the alternate ending of Mac and Me instead. <laughs> Is there really an alternate ending so of Mac it and o- Me? So it only aired in Japan, I think. Yeah. 
It is the the cops shoot the kid, and that's just the end of the movie. What? Seriously. God damn. You can, if you want to look it up, Barrett, it exists. Because <laughs> I have seen this for sure. This is not a Mandela effect thing. Yeah, yeah. But well, it, I mean, that's what I would have said about this big thing. I don't know. I think it's only in like the Japanese home release of the movie. Huh. All right. <laughs> number th- nope, number two, but about Resident Evil 3. Uh, it looks like the Resident Evil 3 remake is real and it's leaked. This is Wesley Yin Pool at Eurogamer. Barrett, if you can c- toss up that link. Resident Evil 3 remake cover art has leaked ahead of an official announcement from Capcom. The cover art, which Eurogamer sources have confirmed to be the real deal, was spotted on Gamstat uh, via Reset Era. Gamstat tracks additions to the PlayStation Network, uh, and on it can be seen cover art for the Japanese and international versions of Resident Evil 3 remake. Eurogamer sources previously told us the Resident Evil 3 remake is real after it was mentioned by YouTuber Spawn Wave, who said it was on track for a 2020 launch. Uh, back to the cover art, which you can see right now if you're a visual listener. Uh, and we see back to the cover art, and we see Resident Evil star Jill Valentine with a reworked look, as well as Carlos Oliveira, uh, one of the surviving members of the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service (UBCS) sporting a new hairdo. Uh, and of course, we see Nemesis itself, uh, the intimidating villain from the original. Given this leak, an official announcement is surely not far off. The Game Awards on the 13th of December sounds like a good. Shout. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to now look at it together. What do you think? First off, Imran, do you care at all about Resident Evil 3? I do. I like the original game-ish when I played it. Yeah, see, I, I never played RE3, so mm-hmm. I know nothing about it. Barrett, did you like it? Is this one of your games, or are you too young for this? No, like, uh, the only... Early Resident Evil that I played was two. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Turn off your microphone and never talk to me. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I mean, this game was, like, two succeeded so well, and they wanted to base a game in Raccoon City again, so they yeah. did this one. There's, like, I, I'm not sure it's apocryphal. I forgot to look it up, but, like, there were rumors at the time that they just wanted another mainline game on PlayStation before Code Veronica, so this is sure. the one they did. It's... It's an all right game that had some interesting ideas. Ultimately, within Resident Evil canon, not all that important. Yeah. But it's, like... It it brought Jill Valentine, who was a fan favorite, back, and over time, people have really like come back to this game and like the ideas in it, like the Nemesis system. Yeah, yeah. You could fight Nemesis at certain points or run away from him, and if you fought him and were able to beat him, you get better weapons early on. Gotcha. Yeah, as somebody who never played it but loved RE2 remake, mm-hmm. like I'm interested. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, if it's the same thing where it's like, hey, we've taken this game that people at least liked a little bit or loved or whatever, and we're modernizing it and giving it the modern trappings, maybe that would fix the problems people had with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just that it's not all that important in the grand scheme of things. Sure. But it's... I'm kind of curious that they have... I want to say that's Carlos is his name? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Carlos Olivia. If they they have him as a second playable character this time, or it's just going to be Jill the entire time. Mm. Uh, The redesign is interesting, because I think I brought this up with Fran when we had the... Talk about it last week or week before, but the original design for Jill in Resident Evil Three was like a blue halter top and a miniskirt. Yep, it was a fucking weird design. Very, but it was the PS One generation, and that's the kind of thing you did. Yeah, this new one is that straight up Lara Croft's outfit. Yep, totally right. That looks like remake. If you throw back up there, that's very much like exactly what that Lara Croft, uh, you know, Resident or God damn it, Tomb Raider reboot was. Yeah, so I blue tank. They're clearly changing it. I'm going to bet there's going to be a number of people who are, like, going to have some thoughts about that. Yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. but People I, on, with, who like video games having opinions on the internet that are mean? No way. <laughs> but I, that, I think it works a lot better, especially for the fact that, like, 
she's a fucking soldier slash cop. Like, she does. Why would she be wearing? I think I read the novelization of Resident Evil Three because I was that kind of kid. Of course you were. And they explained it away as it was summer in Raccoon City, and thus it was quite hot. And that was it. That was her. It just broke out. That's how I had to go. That's why she wore a shoulderless halter top the entire time. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, you can't be ready for anything. Mm -hmm. But. For the rumors I've heard about this game prior to this oh, was they were money. planning a fairly soon launch. Yeah. So, like, fairly early in 2020. You think I, it'll take the RE2 slot that we had this year? Not that like, early. No? Like, I think they could probably put it in the first six months sometime. Okay. But, I mean, we'll see that, like, a lot can change. Since, sure, of course. Yeah, a TGA reveal was probably, <laughs> was probably likely. Yeah. But... This is honestly the worst kept secret. Like, I think it'll still yeah. be exciting when the trailer pops up, right? Yeah. And that gets going. Uh, worth pointing out, uh, AJ in your wrong points out that I said the thirteenth for the game awards. I'm reading, of course, a Eurogamer article. Yeah, for so them it is thirteenth. Push it to the thirteenth. Here in the United States, it would be uh, the twelfth. In Canada, I don't think you'll get it. And Manix Winter says she was wearing a tube top and a halter top. I don't think I know the difference. It's a great point. <laughs> the, I, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, so before we go, then hold on. All right. Barrett, do you know what a halter top is? No idea. Shit, because we have to guess now. Now we have a game of what a halter top is. Barrett, you're allowed to get the image ready. Don't show it to okay. us yet. All right, all right. So a tube top, obviously just a tube. Like, yes. We know what it is. It's that stretchy like spandex material that goes around uh, the titties. Oh, okay. But a halter top. Fuck me. Oh, oh, oh. All right, here's what I'm going to say a halter top is. Okay. I'm going to say a halter top Wait. is, you know how it already has the tube top section, mm-hmm. and then it's got that thing where it comes up and ties behind you. Like, it goes, you put your head through the yoke, oh, and that's it connects to the top of it over the breasts. I would assume that's true now, because now I can't think of anything else. Would, what would halt? What, I'm like, trying to halt the movement of my nipples. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, if I, go, you know, if I go the origin of the words here and stuff. Because the only other thing I could think of would be like the tank top but with very thin strings over it. Yeah. Like not a full, full ass tank yeah, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, show me a halter top, Barry. All right, this is, uh, first I'm going to show you, obviously, yes. Uh, we know what a tube top is. We, we know what a tube it. top yeah. is. And then Greg Miller, you are correct. Ah, that's a halter top. Sign me, J. Crew. I'll be there selling halter tops left and right. Now, now I kind of wonder you if have the like reasoning is right. Man, I'll tell you what. That you got your you got the cursor on that one. I did that. That is a, that's not much happening in that halter top. I'll stop. <laughs> um, not right. much halting. Mister Yasman says the following, and kind of funny. You're wrong. As we continue trying to get to the bottom of this big thing, Mister Yasman says, "Greg, the movie you're thinking of." Is 1988 TV? I assure you that is not what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off right there. That is a thousand percent not at all what I'm thinking of, Mister Yasman. I've never seen a TV movie called 14 Going on 30. I thought it was going to be that Jennifer Garner one. Then I was 13, 13 Going on 30. Going on 30. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that related, or is that just two people who had the same know. idea for a title? I don't, I don't think. Is it's it like a canon. remake? Of, like, right, they're just I'm like, oh, we're just going to do Charlie's Angels again, kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Who knows? Uh, number three on the Roper Report, Barrett. Are you excited? Persona Five Royal. I'm so excited, Royal. but so tired. I screw it up every time. Persona Five Royal takes your heart on March 31st, 2020. Reading from the PlayStation blog, Persona Five Royal steals the show for PlayStation Four on March 31st, 2020, with a Phantom Thieves Edition, Launch Edition, and Special Digital Bundles available for pre-order today. Digital pre-orders will come with an original Persona Five Royal theme as a bonus, and all the original Persona Five DLC will be free for all Persona Five Royal players. Prepare for an all-new RPG. Experience. Experience in Persona 5 Royal, based in the universe of the award-winning series Persona. 
Join the Phantom Thieves and these things. Here's the physical edition over there, right? That's the launch edition for 90 bucks. You get the official Joker mask. It comes with a stand. Collector's box, art book, soundtrack, limited edition steelbook case, dynamic, PlayStation 4 theme code. I kind of hate when games have their exclusive code for launch, like, Special edition kind of things. One hundred percent. I'd lo- I'd love that theme. Let me yeah. buy the theme. Like, yeah. Just like put it up for two bucks. Yeah. Like I think only recently because there was a recent era thread about it, but they just released the Mirror's Edge Catalyst theme on Jesus. PSN. Really? Yes. God. Because it was only locked really to that. Like that one on tight, trying to make sure you buy. I think legitimately edition. just they, they forgot about it, yeah. and then like there's an era thread like EA released the damn theme, so they finally did. Jeez, man. Uh, then yeah, launch edition has the steelbook case, dynamic PlayStation 4 code. Ultimate edition is for 100 bucks. That includes the game and all the DLC plus six costume packs. Uh, deluxe edition is 70 bucks. Includes the game and Persona 5 Royal uh, Kazumi uh, costume bundle, and then a bunch of other different bundles over there. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I'm certainly happy they're launching it in March, where nothing else is happening. Uh, Very end of March. So. Yeah, I'm I'm March tired. Day. I'm tired, Craig. What else would you be playing around then? Uh, let me pull up. I actually have a tweet about it. Um, oh, well, Bear does. If you want to go to Sad Boy Bear, you don't have to watch this show anymore. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Doom yeah. Eternal, Persona 5 R, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, That's The Last of Us Part Two, uh, all come out in less than a three-month period, and then a couple people responded to me, like, oh, you forgot Animal Crossing. You did forget Animal Crossing. No, That's I what didn't. I was about to say. You I'm also gonna, forgot Half-Life f- Alex. I'm not going to fucking play that game. I don't have an Oculus bullshit whatever for PC. I'm not. Playing, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna play Half Life. Yeah, do you remember the bet we made during Extra Life, Barrett? Uh, that Doom will sell better than Animal Crossing. Yeah, still believe it. We'll see. Doom. I think first month sale. You're probably right. I think long term. I think long term Animal Crossing is gonna be best selling game of that month. Hmm. Hmm. You're not gonna play Animal or Crossing. I thought that'd be a Barrett game. No oh, hell no. Why very not? very not. That shit. No. You don't like getting fossils. No. You don't like all that off your seems house? like very boring to me. It's like Stardew Valley. Like I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, if you don't yeah. like Stardew, you're not gonna like Animal no, Crossing. No, that's not true. Well, I guess. It's well, it's interesting because Alyssa. Loves... I can't go the other way. I like Animal Crossing. I don't like Stardew. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, interesting because Alyssa's the opposite. She likes Stardew. She doesn't like Animal Crossing. Man, she's more of a Harvest uh, Harvest Moon, yeah, yeah, yeah person. Here's what I'm gonna say, Barrett. You know what? I love you. You do great work here. You know that already. You're you're wound tight, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. You take it, yeah, yeah. You take it all in. You put it all out as just rage, and I just see your rage yeah. on Joey Noel all the time. If you play <laughs> Animal Crossing, it might be therapeutic for you. You know what mm. I mean. Just shake the tree, get the cherries. See, that's what the that's what Pokemon was for me. Pokemon was fun. But you're gonna be done time. by it. You're gonna be done with it by then. Yeah, that's true. Then and think about it this way: we we you play here, we we play together. Then we go home, we come together in the mornings, and I get to see what you did to your house. You see what I did to my house. I I couldn't care less. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be very proud of whatever you do for your house. You. I could care less of what I would ever do to my house in Animal Crossing. I'm more excited for Doom Eternal, where I get to yeah, expose all yeah. of that. Oh, that, that is some people's sure. zen game. Totally. Yeah. Go get yeah. it. I'm not going to cool. stop it anyway. Doom, Doom, don't worry about that. Um, but Persona 5 Royal. Where are we? Uh, you're are you, you're going to play it, right? You love Persona I mean, 5. yesterday was the worst day to do all of my Christmas shopping because now I want to fucking pre-order this $90 uh, special <laughs> edition. Yeah. But I just, like, I don't have the money right now. And now I'm scared that, like, when I do have the money, it's going to be sold out. So I'm, I'm uh, not excited for that. But I'm super pumped to, to play this game again. Yeah. Uh, will it take priority over all of the new games that come out around that time? Absolutely. Really? Wow. Look at that. Where was your Persona 5 hype? Uh, I liked Persona 5 well enough. It yeah. wasn't like it was also that year a bunch of other games I liked a lot more came out. Mm-hmm. So like Persona 5 was not nearly top of my list. Like it was Breath of the Wild, Nier Automata, sure. Yakuza, yeah, it was all a that huge stuff. Year. Uh, I was reading impressions about Royal like to see what changed. It doesn't seem like 
a lot. It, it does the Persona Three Fez thing of all the new content is at the end. Yeah. So you have to basically play through the main game to get there. I don't know that I can do that again. Sure. Like I didn't love that game enough to play it again, and yeah. it was just a very, very long game to begin with. Very long game. Yeah. Like I, I, I think it's a totally fine game. I like Persona Four better, but whatever. It's like talking. It's talking about what's your favorite Too like cut of steak is. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I would buy this version. Yeah. But if like. If I find myself in a year or two being like, I want to play Persona 5 again, I'll probably play this version. I don't think you will. No, I <laughs> I don't have that. I'm having so much trouble playing the games I want to play right, like yeah, right no, now. Totally, New right? games. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and also, like the I was talking to good old John Dorn uh, a couple weeks ago uh, about like the kind of meh um, <clears throat> response to Persona 5 R in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're talking about like the add-ons and like what that really does for the game and stuff. And I'm still excited for it. But yeah, yeah. I, I need an excuse to go back to that game. Also, someone brought up a good point in chat that I could pre-order on Amazon and then it wouldn't charge me until uh, right. they ship it. So right. yeah. that's a good point. It's Unless they good. suddenly change their policy like Square Enix did yesterday. You know? <laughs> I know. It's fucking weird. Weird. <laughs> Number four. Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 is coming to Switch. This is Alessandro over at GameSpot. Uh, Neon Falcom's JRPG series, <laughs> The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel, has found a passionate audience in both Japan and Western markets. Focusing on a brand of military school cadets, uh, the squad faces off against ever-growing threats across a war-torn land while slowly building up their skills in combat and forming greater bonds of friendship. While Trails, no, tri- no, yeah, Trails of Cold Steel 3 dropped for PlayStation 4 in the West last October, NIS America has revealed to GameSpot that the series will be making its debut on the Nintendo Switch next year. Coming sometime in spring 2020, The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 will launch on the Nintendo Switch in the U.S. and Europe ahead of the Japan release, which is something of a first for the franchise. So that's exciting. It is. This I, is. Of course, this, you know, I don't like that we're only talking about the PlayStation 4 version, completely forgetting that this was a big deal over on Vita. Mm-hmm. PS1, you know, when they did the first one, they did the second one. I digress. Let it go. Uh, no, it's not let it go. It's called history, all right? And if we don't learn the lessons of history, we're doomed to repeat ourselves. Let go of the past. Kill the past. Kim Wallace at Game Informer, she believes Trails of Cold Steel is one of the best RPG series that just nobody plays. Totally. Well, it's, it was on Vita. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was stranded over there. Nobody I played Trails in the Sky, which is also quite good, but apparently Cold Steel is better. Okay. So okay. I'm, I am eager to, at some point, when I have infinite time, right. start playing these games. They all seem quite good. It just, yeah. Maybe with a Switch. Like, I'm trying to think, what was the last RPG I played not on the Switch? Like, JRPG. I can't think of which one it was. It would have been... Final Fantasy fifteen. Maybe. That actually might be it. I mean, it's going to be Final Fantasy seven soon. But, yeah. Like I, I, am eager to try this game out, and I'm if the Switch version runs well, like I'll find that out, and then maybe I'll pick it up there, and it will add to my backlog of things on the Switch that I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to touch anything past the three icons at the front. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then number five. Speaking of people and settlements and all that kind of stuff, Quantic Dream has to pay a former employee for harassment. This is Mary Delisandri over at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, Quantic Dream has been ordered to pay. plus $2,213 in cost to a former employee after a photoshopped image of them doing a Nazi salute was shared in the office. The Paris Employment Tribunal, which is an awesome fucking name, like we're on Krypton, (laughs) said Quantic Dream's management remained passive when they realized offensive photoshopped images were circulating, Lamont reports. Uh, The court added that said images were homophobic, 
uh, misogynistic, racist, or simply profoundly vulgar, with the Detroit Become Human developer accused of having let them spread for years without doing anything. Quote, by remaining inactive when faced with this more than questionable attitude, which cannot be justified by invoking a humorous spirit, the employer has breached the security obligation that it has to its employees, uh, the court said. The concept of security obligation was introduced in French employment law in 2015 and allows a court to hold a company responsible for sexual harassment or employee, oh, I'm sorry, emotional abuse at the workplace. That whole thing has been weird because, like, I want to pull up a quote from AV Club when the original story broke. Yeah. Because this is actually one of my favorite, like, paragraphs in a news story ever. The two executives have pushed back against the accusations. In one of the most stunning examples of human obliviousness ever put to print, <laughs> Cage twice told LeMond that despite having a workforce that is reportedly 83% male, Quantic Dream is, quote, not a rugby locker room. He was sitting in front of a painting the newspaper described as a penis with farting testicles at the time. Nailed it. Yes. It, yeah. d- it does seem like they do have one of those problems that they're just not going to acknowledge. That was one of the things in terms of like why to bring this one up because it's n- not that it doesn't matter or anything, but it's mm. out of the, it's, it may, if you're a newer listener, it seems out of the blue. But there was a time when we were leading up to Detroit's release where every day we had something about this. Uh, the, Quantic Dream's a toxic workplace was the article. And yeah. these two, and David Cage and the other founder were like, these they're out to get us and we've been trying to stop it and they, they just don't want it. and then then this also broke at the same time which wasn't part of it but was kind of part of it and it was just like this okay what yeah. and then we it's been nothing and then it's like alright cool here at it's, the time Sony was really quiet about it like uh, well, we they don't, just wanted yeah. to get that fucking game you just get the game out and then we're just not going to talk about it do you think that the stories at the time and like the way they were observing the way Quantic Dream was developing games and all that was part of the reason they went non-exclusive after that because they used to like they've only made Sony games for the last Two generations. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, we're actually gonna go to Xbox and PC next time. So you're saying because Sony didn't back them up more during this, or no, like I don't think it was their choice. I think Sony backed away from them. Oh, interesting. Where they also got a lot of money from NetEase, so maybe NetEase was saying, hey, you can't just be like a one system. Yeah, I think that's more. I think it was more business stuff than mm-hmm. it was the other way, and that's because it's always been that weird one and. I mean, you would have said it about Insomniac until very recently, right? right? Of like, why Sony? You're only making you're making PlayStation exclusives. Why wouldn't you be owned by PlayStation? Why wouldn't you go ahead and do that? But no, I think this was yeah. NetEase was definitely trying to get them to move it around. Get, I've always found Sony's fascination with them strange. Yeah. Honestly, like they make games like Heavy Rain sold a couple of million. Like yeah. they they do they sell well, but they're not like you could get the same level of. I guess not maybe technology, but like narrative quality and cinematic quality from other developers. So sure, but you figure like I think Heavy Rain in the reason it's so lauded, right, is that it was the first in a lot of ways to do that, to break the mold in that way right. of like here is a mainstream third person choice based. Yeah, I mean like cause it was even I mean it was before Telltale was the Telltale that we knew before they died. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it was before like you're seeing games like Life is Strange out there. I think it was hey, this is something at the time wholly unique and we are trying to give you a narrative movie experience kind of thing. And I think it, it was that thing of heavy rain hit. And so I was like, holy shit, this is great. Rough around the edges. Let's see what you can do the next time around. Beyond Two Souls was trash. <laughs> and they're like, ah. And then it was like, but this Detroit thing, uh, let's try that and go that. You know what I mean? Like, But at that point, the genie was out of the bottle. Yeah. You, other people are doing this and are doing it better and making choices that matter. Right. Better. I, I imagine like you could wrap up Don't Nod and give them that kind of budget. They produce something really amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like Detroit was, Detroit was the closest any of those games ever got to being great. And like that's because they he. The problem with that that statement is I feel like 
it's now a hindsight 2020 thing of like how Heavy Rain stacks up against where we are now. At the time, I didn't like Dude, it. Dude, I adored Heavy Rain at the time. And I still, I mean, but, it, and, I, and I'm not even trying to back away from how much I love Heavy, mm. uh, love Heavy Rain. It's just that thing is, I haven't played Heavy Rain since I was platinuming it, right? Like, right. trying to do it on PS3 and miss the Super Bowl because I was so into <laughs> it. Like, I adored Heavy Rain. I thought it was awesome. Now, Huge plot holes. <laughs> huge fucking plot holes. Amazingly were, huge. Like, you yeah. drive a truck through them. Yeah, exactly. The guy keeps blacking out and waking up with an origami figure. Wait, so, it, spoilers for Heavy Rain. Is the killer following him, waiting for him to black out to then put it in his hand? Like, what the fuck are you talking and, about? Like, they specifically had a mechanic where you can hear the thoughts of the playable characters. But there's one playable character who has thoughts that are extremely important to the resolution of that story that they just don't ever think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They it's never... Like, they, it isn't like it's not a mecha- uh, so I'm the kind of person who likes to break games a little bit. Yeah. So like I try to figure out, oh, can I go through this wall or whatever? Finding out that there are certain things in the heavy rain that like make you think you can die, but you don't actually die. Like there's a maze and around like you have to go through like a electrical charged wires. Uh-huh. And as you start going through more and more, you start getting more hurt, and like the screen starts filling up with electricity. You can do that for fucking ever. And it just like the game will just stop filling electricity and you'll just get through at some point. Nice. It's like, okay, well, this makes a choice to just leave completely pointless because I will get through this no matter what. Yeah. I don't have to solve this at all. I can just keep trying. Meanwhile, that fucking car mission where you got to drive in the oncoming traffic for the trophy, fuck me. God damn it. How does the killer do that? How no, is that? How did they create the a GPS that says go dri- drive into. A traffic head first. You know, maybe he's got a little microphone on the other end. You know, it wasn't a real GPS. You don't know, Imran. Uh-huh. All right? Maybe that's how he figured out how to not say things. Shut up, yeah. Imran. Shut up. It was a good game. We all enjoyed ourselves. We had a great time with it. Make the game about the farting testicles. You didn't like it either? Did we? Did we like Dude, it? at the time, we all loved Heavy Rain. Mm. Barrett, you were five years old. I don't know. You don't, you don't even remember this. <laughs> what year is it? It would have been... Fuck no! It would have been nine, right? It had to have been nine. Okay, just... right? It couldn't have been eight. No. Probably eight's too early because eight would have been. Tw- oh, actually, we were both wrong. Twenty ten. Okay. okay, I was a sophomore in high school. I do remember that. You didn't play it though. You were fucking hacky sacking. I watched. It. I, I was hacky sacking like while watching friends play it, and I was like, "This game looks dumb." Man, remember game installations? Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, I do remember that thing. Make this origami crane while you're waiting, which is a cool thing to do. I remember when Devil May Cry had one. They were like, just make a sandwich. Like, <laughs> it's like five minutes. Just go do something else. Yeah. Uh, Imran, I'm excited to see what Quantic Dream does next and if they can do it without making Nazi propaganda. <laughs> but that next game is still so far away if I wanted something more current. Say what came to the mom and grab shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform was as listed by the kind of funny games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Blair Witch comes to PlayStation 4. Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Life is Strange 2, Episode 5. It's finally over. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Me too. Now that they're there, I want to get them done. And we have the folks coming in from uh, Don't Nod next week for a spoiler cast. So you should all play it and get me questions for that. (laughs) Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, Tools Up, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, and Switch. Arise, a simple story, Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Halo Reach, Xbox One, and PC. Remember Reach. Trover Saves the Universe, Xbox One. Simulacra, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Switch. Jigsaw Solace on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Hero Land, Switch and PS4. Farming Simulator 20, Switch. 
Earth Knight Switch and PC, Scaleboy Switch, Phoenix Point PC, Fight and Rage PlayStation 4, and then Cursed Legacy is a brand new chapter for Dead by Daylight. Uh, purchasing the add-on will unlock a killer, uh, Yamako Kazen, uh, a survivor, uh, Kimura Yu, and exclusive uh, cosmetic for her in the map, and a saint, blah, blah, blah. You got none of those names right for the record. I tried, though. You know what I mean? For yeah. just jumping out of the plane? Uh, I did pretty well. I tried. Oh, yeah, I did. This is not an act, all right? I'm sorry that Japanese names that I've never seen before <laughs> popping up, pan- I go to panic mode. New dates for you. Uh, Friday, the thir- December 13th, players will receive a new unique path to explore in Moonshiners. Oh, this is for Red Dead Online, by the way. Moonshiners, the latest frontier pursuit to be added to Red Dead Online. Uh, with new role, with the new role comes new activities, skills, properties, and business ventures for players to pursue. And then Demon Pit, uh, players will get to play that on December 17th slash 18th. That's North America slash EU on PlayStation 4. And then twenty fourth on X- December 24th on Xbox One and December 25th on the Nintendo Switch. Meanwhile, a deal of the day for you, uh, Walmart is selling uh, the Nintendo Switch with the Mario Red Joy-Cons. Uh, you get a $20 eShop credit and a carrying case for 300 bucks over on Walmart. I also think it's the, the new Switch, like the uh The, the one with the better battery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't realize that was still like hard to find. I saw everybody tweeting about it today. I was like, oh. They're I've tr- had it since Odyssey. <laughs> the red Joy-Cons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they were only sold with the Odyssey. They bundle. were only sold with the Odyssey bundle. Which I think sucks. I think every Joy-Con should totally. just be available. 100%. Yeah. yeah and then Jen like, luckily needed a Switch at that point, so I bought it for her, then mm. I took the red Joy-Cons. And then yeah. like after that, you could only get them like imported from Japan. Right, yeah. yeah. So, and I'm still thinking about doing that, because I don't want to buy this whole fucking bundle. Do you want the new that. battery? <sighs> There's really? so many things to buy, Greg. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Mine has like a... An issue with charging the left Joy-Con now, so I think like maybe oh, no. the rail is bent or something mm. like that. And like, is this worth buying a new Switch over? And like the the answer is obviously no, but I might still do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when I was getting ready, it was that thing of like I when they were doing the trade in program at GameStop where you could get like you get I think it was a hundred originally and then they marked it down to seventy five mm-hmm. uh to trade in your old switch towards the new switch. I want I uh, the day I was like I'm gonna do that. It was the final day, and and somebody and, uh, Ashley sent me a whole bunch of stuff on what I had to do. And I was like, this is too much work. I'm not gonna do it. So I had that panic of going to London of like, fuck, is this gonna? And like, sure enough, there's plugs all over the plane. I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah, don't need it. I'm good. It's time for reader mail. You can be part of it by going to Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames, where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hims. You've heard us talk about Hims and how they're helping guys look their best. And if you haven't, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age 35. And once you start to notice thinning hair, it can be too late. Be like Kind of Funny's Nick Scarpino and Andy Cortez. They noticed their thinning hair and they went to 4 Com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and more for men. Uh, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. For Hims connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours completely, confidentially and discreetly. You answer a few quick questions, a doctor reviews, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss. That is shipped directly to your door. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. With hymns, Imran. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, I like when they theme the ad. I'm a fan of that. Uh, try hymns today uh, by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash games daily. Forhims.com slash games daily. <laughs> 
Uh, prescription products are subject to doctor's approval and require an online consultation with the physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Remember, that's 4hams.com slash gamesdaily. Up next, it's Tipsy Elves. It's officially the holidays and no party is complete without getting your ultra-festive holiday clothing from Tipsy Elves. Tipsy Elves is the one-stop shop for all your holiday clothing needs. They sell one-of-a-kind Christmas sweaters, dresses, pajamas, and onesies that will transform your holiday party into an unforgettable experience. You will be the life of the party. Reveal your hilarious holiday alter ego and score bragging rights for having the best Christmas sweater at the party. Uh, of course, the suit from Tipsy Elves. I am incre- I impressed with the uh, quality. Wide shot. This sweater from Tipsy Elves on Imran over here, too. You were talking earlier. You like yeah. this sweater as well? This is actually a, it's incredibly nice quality sweater. I will wear this like after this. Exactly. Yeah. Again, with the suit I'm wearing, like, um, I, you know, with a Halloween suit, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a Tipsy Elves suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? This thing, actually, I like a lot. I was that thing was a parachute that you just like had sleeves <laughs> in. Like, it's true. Uh, Tipsy Elves, of course, is there for all your ugly sweater needs. They have hilarious sweaters. Uh, everyone at the party will be laughing. Uh, they got interactive sweaters, so you can skip the small talk and bring the fun to the party. From drinking game sweaters to tacky tinsel and lights, these sweaters are the ultimate icebreakers. Plus, T-shirts, pajamas, onesies, you name it, they got it. You got to get on it. Say snow thank you to boring this year. Try one of the hilarious, awesome designs at Tipsy Elves. Go to tipsyelves.com slash games now to get 20% off your entire order that's tipsyelves.com slash games for 20 percent off today and finally it's manscaped uh support for kind of funny games daily comes from manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels jingle balls to the walls fella listen up untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season we're talking about the manscaped perfect package 2.0 of course, we've been talking about this for a while. Tim talked about his balls yesterday and how he's been shaving with the Manscaped package, and he hasn't nicked or cut his balls. I do the same thing. My balls cut free. Barrett, you can check later. That's why this revolutionary company, <laughs> Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advantage. I'll show you my pokey. That would have been a better one. You know what I mean? That would have been a better one. Uh, skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Uh, the Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the Perfect Package 2.0 that has the ball deodorant, the moisturizer, everything you need to treat your balls really well. I, I was gonna, I was trying to come up with something <laughs> to like jazz on that one. I get probably there. doesn't say undeck the balls. Undeck the balls. Yeah. Imran Khan, everybody. All right, round of applause. <laughs> Unde- undeck your balls this holiday season by going to manscaped.com. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code games. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Undeck your balls. It's good. Mm-hmm. You got a future in this ad copyright business. You know Apparently, what I, mean? I do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, the PlayStation is 25 years old today. Uh, PlayStation 1 launched in Japan December 3rd, 1994. What are you going to say? Dur- uh, exactly two months before I was born. I mean, I was a kid, too, but I mean, I was like cognizant, no other systems. <laughs> uh, I asked you, of course, to go to patreon.com slash games yesterday and give me your PlayStation memories. You guys wrote in with so many, and I thank you very much for that. Let's see what we have to say. Style65 wrote into patreon.com slash games and says, 
Hi, Greg and Imran. My, PlayStation, my PlayStation memories from this year. Having been a PlayStation gamer since the PS1, it's this year that came to mind when you asked for our memories. For the summer months, my three-year-old daughter kept asking for the dragon whenever we'd go into a shop that sold games, and I'd always have to tell her no. But for her third birthday in October, I bought her her very own copy of Spyro the Dragon on PlayStation 4 and her own special, her own special small DualShock 4. Her face when she opened both these gifts after having wanted the dragon for so long is definitely a highlight for me as now for an hour or so every week I get to sit and play Spire the Dragon with my favorite person. What a fucking memory right there. Yeah. Again, for how old it 25 years makes you, except Barrett, that you yeah. could remember having your own PS1 and now you're It's there an entire Barrett. It's an entire Barrett. Yeah. I'm going to be young forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, well, 50 years of PlayStation. Talk to me then. Uh, before we go on, Style says, uh, also, just wanted to say, Imran is doing, a fantastic, is doing fantastic and is quickly becoming one of my favorite voices on Kind of Funny. Thank you. Greg, it was ace to meet you again in London. Ace to meet you, too. You fucking C word. I can't say it now that I'm in the States. Yeah, no. But when I was there, I said it. Everybody liked it. They all laughed and clapped. It was great. You have to sign that form on the plane that says I'm not going to say the <laughs> like, C word. And when anytime. you go through customs, they're like, yeah. all right, cool. And just a heads up, you can't <laughs> say the C word here anymore. Uh, Lynn Carr, 6469, writes in and says, hello, KFGD crew. My favorite PlayStation memory is from way back in 2001 when I spent my birthday money to buy myself a PS1 and a copy of Legend of Dragoon. That was the first console I bought with my own money, and I put so many hours into that console. I also kind of miss the memory cards. <laughs> Granted, the cloud is way more convenient, but having that card of memories and achievements was so cool. I miss the special things for the save files on the PS1. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the little images. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are so cool, and we don't... You could do those now. It's just, I guess they... You never see them. They replace them with trophy images, which are, by and large, they're not great. Yeah, but when people do put time into them, yes. pretty great. You know what I mean? Like, if we're going that far. Yeah, know. they were better on the 360 than they are now. Uh, the little trophy icon. Okay. Or, like, Achievement icon. Yeah, yeah, because they actually did put time. Like, these are a cool new thing. So now like, it's one of those things where you have the games that really do try, and the games that just don't give a shit. Yeah. Or it's just like, whatever. I don't look at the icon anymore, like, until... Yeah. Because just... Gaming has taught me not to. It's like, oh, well, this one is just, it's a four in the same font because it's like the, you've achieved level four or whatever. You know, it's that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Totally yeah, it's always Imran, uh, you weren't here yesterday when we talked a little bit about this. What are your PlayStation memories? When you think of 25 years of PlayStation, what comes to mind for you? I remember reading, I, remember I bought the N64 first in 96. Mm -hmm. Then I remember getting an Ultra Game Players that did a preview of Final Fantasy VII. The, the headline, the deck was, it's going to be the greatest game of all time, and it's only on PlayStation. I remember showing that to my mom, and she's like, oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> she's like, let me explain marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, it's going to, I, I need a PlayStation now. Yeah. So I remember, like, my brother and I, I don't remember if we saved up or we asked for our grandmother or whatever, yeah, but, yeah. like, we bought that and Soul Blade just in preparation for Final Fantasy VII and playing that demo of the Midgar Reactor for months and months. Yeah. I probably played it, like, 200 300 times wow. just because like I, I was so anticipating that game yeah uh i remember buying a ps2 for final fantasy 10 and not realizing that ps1 memory cards were not going to work on a ps2 yeah. so like starting that game and going up to like save it's like oh no this is not going to work you need to buy a fucking new one yep uh let's see i bought a ps3 for no i borrowed a ps3 for mgs4 nice and i think i bought my own for demon souls okay I think that timeline is correct, but 
and I bought. I remember that E3 of Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3. It's like fuck it. I'm just buying a PS4 right now. Yeah, like yeah. I'm putting my Amazon pre-order right now. Yeah. Then UPS did not. They delivered my PS4 to the wrong house. Jesus. And I remember being so pissed because like everyone in the world was enjoying theirs. And I'm like, I, I just so want to play I, what, Resident what, what was the resolution of that? Uh, they eventually brought it over, and Amazon gave me a bunch of credit for UPS fucking up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It worked so out. I ended up buying Mario 3D World with that extra money. Very nice. But yeah, yeah I. I I think if you try try to like chart my JRPG love, yeah, it started on the SNES, but I think the PlayStation really like forced it in, like because I remember the Summer of Adventure was Square Enix of here's a bunch of games like Chrono Cross and yeah. Threads of Fate and games like that, like these are games that don't have Final Fantasy in the title, just try them and you you might like them, and it turns out you really do like them. Like Bushido Blade Two was a game that I really loved and no one ever talks about <laughs> stuff like that. Just I remember exper- like. We talk about how Sony used to be weird. Everyone used to be weird back then. Yeah. And I, I think that's my formative years of video gaming, even though I've played since the NES. Those are the ones where I started like understanding what game design was and what, what people were trying to accomplish when they did certain things. So PlayStation, I, I feel like I matured with PlayStation with the PlayStation 100%. 1. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. I think that's a big part of it for me, too. I mean, my stories are all well-tread territory for <laughs> people who care about PlayStation. But, like, yeah. you know, I made that switch. I was the same way where I had an N64. And, you know, I eventually got a PS1. And I got a PS1 because uh, No Mercy on N64 was yes. one of the final titles I was hanging on to the N64 for, including Conquer, which mm-hmm. was coming out later. And No Mercy kept resetting the data. There was a problem with the original run of carts. And so I, I 100%ed No Mercy like four times. And I kept returning it, hoping the next cart wouldn't be screwed up when it would die. And finally, on the fourth one, I was just like, fuck it, I'm done. And <laughs> traded it in, got the PS1 and SmackDown. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, here we go, which was a way less a wrestling game. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But then, you know, it's the same thing of renting Metal Gear. And f- this is the future. And this is going to be what games are. And then to have that trajectory with it and like you're saying have it age with me because that was the thing with me n64 to playstation where i always talk about i felt like i was falling out of games at mm-hmm. the end of n64 because i was like eh, is this all it is not knowing that's really what i was asking and then getting metal gear and seeing what it could be and that it was aging right. with me and growing up with me and then the playstation 2 being the first console i ever bought with my own money like i saved for you know what i mean like before it had been like you know, I got a I got a Genesis or whatever, and then when it was time for the next one, it was traded in in all my games to try to get the next one, and then hopefully a birthday present for mom or whoever, some money to make Aunt Dell would give me to cobble it together to get the next thing and keep mm-hmm. the addiction going. Whereas I remember working at Walmart for a summer and hating the job, <laughs> but doing it strictly to save the money to get the PS2, and like once in a while rewarding myself and going to Best Buy and buying a DVD. Because we didn't have a DVD player, but the PS2 was going to be it. And I had this like shelf of DVDs that I that were in, in the wrap. Because there was nothing. I had Ghostbusters yeah. and Mallrats and all this <laughs> stuff that I was like so stoked to watch it, You know, when I actually got the PlayStation 2 in October. Mm-hmm. And then getting that. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, my career is so intrinsically tied as getting hired at IGN as a PlayStation editor. And going out there, I remember, you know, when I finally got the call of like, hey, we, we want or the email to, hey, we want to do an interview for this PlayStation gig for you at IGN. I remember emailing back and forth with Dunham and setting it up for the next morning and being like, turning to my girlfriend at the time, be like, I got this. I'm going to fucking interview. She, she's like, that's great. Have you played the PlayStation 3 yet? And I had it because <laughs> it was a million dollars and there was no games on it. And I panicked and I called the one guy I knew in Columbia, Missouri that had it and went to his house while his kids slept and played in the basement, like <laughs> fucking around just so I had something to say. And nobody asked me about PlayStation 3 questions on the interview. 
And then getting out there and beyond and finally buying a PlayStation 3 after shitting on it for two years on Beyond <laughs> to the point that Dunham one time was like, you got to stop saying that you're not going to buy a PlayStation 3. Like, It's tired and it's not good good content. It's been awesome to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And PSXs and everything else and the mm-hmm. way it's grown and the way it's changed and uh, fucking uh, uh, the Kevin Butler E3s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the changeover to what PlayStation 4 became, watching... The PlayStation Network grow, watching the PlayStation Network get extinguished, <laughs> come back. Shuhei Yoshida, Vita, PSP, rem- come on! I remember going to a friend's house one time. It was like I was. I always brought over an N64 and WCW and WWE yeah. Revenge, Revenge yeah. which is one of the best wrestling games of 100%, all time. Yeah, that engine was insane. But the friend had WCW Nitro for the PS1. Yeah. Not a good wrestling game. No. However, the character select screen had a thing where you could watch intro videos of the wrestlers. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know if they were supposed to be like trash talking you or begging you to choose them. Yeah. So like there was a split difference between like some of them were just like, I don't care, whatever, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But like seeing those videos and like my friend using this is like, yeah, the N64 version can't do that. And I'm like, shit, you're right. It can't do that. <laughs> like, even though this is a much better game, I was still more amazed by that thing. Sure. That was all, yeah, the wrestling things, I mean, defined video games for me for so long. And I remember when I was like, fuck the N64. It keeps eating the progress. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Traded in, got the PS1, and starting SmackDown and being reintroduced to load times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the graphics were better, but then it was just so much not like it wasn't presented in the same TV way of like the wrestlers would walk to the ring in, you know, the the N64 games and they would walk to the ring and the Titan trying to be behind them and it'd be like, this is like watching TV. And then in SmackDown, it was just them walking in place and then just a video f- <laughs> playing behind them. You're like, what the fuck is happening? This sucks. <laughs> And that's where I remember when Just Bring It was coming to PlayStation 2. That was the one where I was like, this is going to be fucking insane. Yeah. And it was fucking insane. I mean, remember when good wrestling games were a thing? God, I do. And I miss them. God, I miss them. <laughs> Let's uh, see what uh, uh, Yuke's got. What do you got? Re- uh, really quick, uh, just two of mine quick ones. Uh, number one, three years ago today, uh, The Last of Us 2 reveal at PSX 2016. I remember sitting next to uh, best friend Alex O'Neill, who's one of my best I've friends. Heard and uh, we got to experience that PSX conference together where they opened up with Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah. Um, and us being blown away that they were even doing a, a story for, for uh, Chloe. Maybe and Chloe. Yeah. And then ending with The Last of Us 2 reveal and being able to be in the room when that was uh, revealed with uh, so many people that I loved was just so cool and then uh last year uh co-producing the um god of war spoiler cast with dornbush uh and having cory barlow come on was just like one of my favorite memories um at working at ign and uh yeah playstation is dope i love it (laughs) (laughs) uh back to some of your memories here where do i want to go next oh this is one i thought was a very interesting one uh anakin jmt wrote in and said i never owned a ps1 i was an n64 kid but i distinctly remember my first encounter with playstation and playstation 2 it was super bowl 2004 it was a memorable one parentheses and no not because i saw janet jackson's nipple as the party i was at at my youth pastor's house played halo multiplayer during (laughs) halftime at the end of the party I spied my youth pastor's PS2 and asked if I could borrow it. He agreed, and so I went home with two games, GTA 3 and Final Fantasy X. This is a cool youth pastor. What a dope-ass <laughs> yeah. youth pastor. Uh, GTA was fun, but quickly had the difficulty spike when I got to second 
I got to my second base and kept uh, failing a mission where you're driving a limo with the spoiled daughter of a drug lord and have to run from the cops. So I popped in Final Fantasy and was hooked. The cinematics were breathtaking. Blitzball was a blast, and I found the characters and story engrossing. I bought a cheap $10 memory card from Blockbuster to save my game and return the system and kept the game's card or the memory card. The promise of eventually finishing that game encouraged me to save my money to buy a slim PS2 a year later uh, when it came out, and of course, Final Fantasy X. I switched to Xbox 360 for the next generation, because no console is worth $500, <laughs> but I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for PlayStation. Save that thought for... We'll see time. how we feel yeah. at the end of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first console I ever bought with my own money and helped transition me from a kid gamer to a grown-up. So thank you, PlayStation, uh, for all you have done and continue to do. Bring on the PlayStation 5 and Spider-Man 2. Anakin. It's a good one. That's a good memory, too. Mm-hmm. What a bomb-ass youth pastor. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and say GTA. Just think about Jesus, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Where are we going? Where do I want to take What was you? the first console you bought with your own money? PS2. That was the one I saved up for. Like, and I, I went to get in line because I, I didn't pre-order in time. Mm-hmm. So I went and lined up at a Meyer, which is like a super a Walmart superstore. And I sat there with my money belt that I had from my trip to <laughs> France with the $400 in it, like in my fucking thing. So that I was like ready not to get robbed. <laughs> and I was paying in cash. Are you describing a fanny pack or? No, no, no. They, they uh, When we went to France uh, my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. one of the like requirements was that you had a money belt which is that you would wear under your clothing or you could keep your money and your passport or whatever in mm-hmm. so that if somebody held you up and took your wallet, they wouldn't think you have the money like taped to your chest. And it was just like a flat pouch that had yeah. – uh, uh, wasn't a fanny pack. I use uh, – I had my actual wallet in my suitcase, and I kept a fake wallet in my actual pocket. So it was just like something to like fake credit cards. Yeah, yeah. Like 10 bucks. Yeah. So that works out really well. Yeah. No, it's not also not as lame as a money belt. Hey, you know what? I didn't know any better, and I got to sit there. Um, Frank Furter, a name we know well, writes into patreon.com slash games. It says, good morning, Greg and Imran. Ah, PlayStation, I've had many a memory with you. Many good memories and many to take my mind off of bad current life events. The one event I want to focus on today will take us back into the past on... January 28th, 2019. So long ago. I had been dating my girlfriend, who I now live with, for a little over a year, and while she isn't a huge gamer, she did love one series that I loved, Kingdom Hearts. At midnight on Monday, uh, January 28th, 2019, we went to GameStop, and we're number one in line to collect our game. A moment we had both been anticipating for over 13 years. We triumphantly triumphantly, uh, obtained our copies of the game and drove home down the road where we had jankily set up my bedroom TV next to the living room TV so we could play the game side by side. I've sunk 300 and th- I'm sorry, 3,353 hours, according to my weekly email updates into my PlayStation 4 alone, and a few into my PlayStation 3 and countless more into my PS2. But nothing will match how that moment felt where I could play my favorite franchise side by side with the woman I love. Uh, it beat out the feeling I got, as I'm sure you all did when recalling the Leviathan Axe for the first time. It felt more rewarding than platinuming Final Fantasy 15 within the first week of release. Holy shit. It, <laughs> I like under your breath, holy shit. It also beat the rush after I got my first win in Apex with my soon-to-be brother-in-law. PlayStation has given me memory, many memories I will never forget, and I thank them for that. That's heartwarming. It's mm-hmm. a very, very good one. Um, and then we'll end on Trevor Starkey. 
friend of the show, thatnerdysite.com. Uh, favorite PlayStation memories for the 25th anniversary? Pretty much every PSX. 2014 was the first gaming convention I ever attended, and I met Greg. 2015 was basically Kind of Funny Live 1.5 with a ton of the best friends in San Francisco. 2016 to 2017 in Anaheim with Kind of Funny best friends at the show, the Hilton Lobby Bar, and Disneyland remain some of my favorite memories in this community. Here, here. I miss mm-hmm. PSX. I do too. It, it was nice to go to and just like, because as far as conventions go for coverage purposes, yeah. it was a very chill one. Totally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You go there, you have all the time in the world to do what you want. They had such a nice like green room in the back for yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that's very underrated, especially compared to, say, E3. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. When do you think it'll be back? Ever? I, I think they'll do it someday. I think next year would be a smart time to do it. No way. Like, just after the PS5 has launched, like, here's what... Now that you've bought a PS5, here's the next generation of what you're looking for. Sure. No way. 2021 at the earliest, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that, I, I, if PlayStation would have to be so committed to PSX in a way I don't think they're committed, they're going to be so focused on PlayStation 5 and marketing it correctly and everything else and getting it out and doing the things. Like, I, I imagine they're going to do another PlayStation 4-like event mm-hmm. where they bring us all to a hotel. And Did you, go, did you cover that? Back like, in the day for PlayStation 4 launch? Not PS4 launch. No. They sent us out to New York. They, they did the reveal event, obviously, in February. Mm-hmm. Then at launch, they did it where we went out to New York and were put up in a hotel. And then in that hotel, they took over like three floors and had different games in different rooms. Mm-hmm. And so you booked appointments and you went to them so you could have coverage all the stuff. And that's where they got the PlayStations. And yeah. they had everything there to play and try and do stuff with. What if they do like pull an EA Play and just replace their E3 presence with PSX? That'd be dope. Like just, I, th- I think th- I think that would be dope, and I think they could do that easily. Yeah, and I and I I think honestly, with all due respect to EA, hire me again. They do it better. Yeah. Where I mean, I think you know what I mean. I think the the PSX press conferences, like granted, I think the last one or the last couple of people were like, eh, it wasn't as good as the other ones. They were still great conferences. Mm-hmm. They were still cool, right? Fill that room with press and hardcore PlayStation fans. Yeah, you could easily rent out some hotel space in LA, or maybe not easily uh, during E three. Or just before E three, or just after, and people stay a little bit longer. Yeah, totally. And like, just have a place an event there. My thing is, I think they're going to continue to want to have their own moments. So I think like, th- I, you you start wondering with uh, Scarlet and PlayStation in particular, are they going to do? I think PlayStation is going to do its own event. Are they going to mm. do another February thing? Are they going to do a February reveal event? Invite somebody, or invite people out to see like this announcement of it. And then if they do that, are they at E three, or do they go beyond E three beyond? into some kind of summer event, you know, where a PSX out there on their own. Do you think this year worked out for them that way of like not needing or they they I basically did. backed away from media events this year? Yeah, and I don't think it hurt them. Mm-hmm. Right? I think they're still on top. They still sold a gajillion units. I mean, Switch is obviously doing so well blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But like I th- I don't think it hurt them at all. And it's it's honestly not apples and apples, right? Cuz I think they looked at their lineup of games this year and like, "Oof, not much for us to go out and talk about because we're just talking about the same things over and over again. Yeah. When we have a big beat with Last of Us, we'll do a Last of Us event. But we're not going to put people in a room and make them That Last of Us kind of bit them in the ass, too. We're not going <laughs> to put everybody in a room and make them hear about Concrete Genie and Medieval again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can do that as a state of play and not have the same expectations and have the same blowouts we have. I don't know. I, I think it did work for them, but I think next year is a complete... Next year, like, Tim and I keep talking about it on shows, but it's going to be insane. Yeah. Because uh, every month... Like, first off, there's... Dozens of amazing games coming out, and on top of that, there's two new consoles launching, mm-hmm. and so like, it's time is going to be such a premium in how you get people's attention and where you put it and what you do with it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about March, and that's only a couple of months away at this point. Right. Like, that's not even that long to wait for 
by that point probably we'll have no, we'll know about the PS5 and like what it looks like, what games are probably going to be on there. Yeah. It's on, like I don't think they're going to go further that much further past March. May is the latest I see everything being revealed. Yeah. And I'm like just just fucking do it at this point. Like, do it. <laughs> like I I was staring at that fucking dev kit image yeah. of like the DualShock 5 and I'm like what's different about it? I can't really tell. Yeah. Oh, there's no light bar. Like okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm ready, Imran. I'm ready too. Also ready for Animal Crossing. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> uh, time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody has a great time together. Today, I'm pulling it up because I put one in here, and I was debating about it, but I think on the heels of this PlayStation business, we have to give a shout-out to somebody who has a brand-new PlayStation and wants to play with people. All right, you ready? It is William D'Angelo. Barrett, I'll, remind me to send this to you because I know you got to update it now for the YouTube doc. Uh, William D'Angelo needs help on PlayStation. William D'Angelo's uh, PSN name is William D'Angelo, all one word. W-I-L-L-I-A-M-D-I-A-N-G-E-L-O. What's up, Greg and Imran? I picked up a PlayStation 4 over Black Friday, and it being my first PlayStation means I need friends. My username is William D'Angelo. <laughs> I, don't play much, I don't play much multiplayer yet, but we all need friends. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, on the 25th anniversary of that there PlayStation, go out there and befriend William D'Angelo with his brand new PlayStation, his first PlayStation of all time. Woo! Woo! Uh, time for You're Wrong. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Um, I don't remember anybody saying this, but I'll read it just in case. The Arago says, PlayStation 5 Royal did not get a mess. Persona 5. What did I say? PlayStation 5. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, Persona 5 Royal did not get a meh receiving in Japan. Sold more than the original in nearly a week. Not only that, it is more like Golden and not Fez as the game changes throughout the title, not simply the end. Lots of new things throughout the year to do with the new characters. Do we uh, say that it sold meh? I, I didn't say it sold meh. I said the reaction was meh. Which uh, is true. The, re- like, the reports I've been reading are generally like, it's, and it's, there are some things peppered in of new things, yeah. but for the most part, a lot of the new content is at the end. Like, there's two new characters, but they're like the main thrust of it. And you had to play through the entire game with them in it. Uh, yeah. From what, from what I've heard, it's just like it's, it tries to be golden, uh, but it doesn't quite hit that. I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think Golden's improvements are that great. Hmm. Like, the new content, I don't think stuff with the bike or the band is all that awesome. Like, But it was portable and it was on Vita, so it was, it was not. Yeah, it was not written as well as the main game, which is, like, they're different teams, like a different director, a different writer. So I I never liked it. I, if it were as good as the main game, I would have liked it more. Okay. Uh, B. B- Vanovic. Says Quantic Dream was making big budget narrative games way before Heavy Rain, Indigo Prophecy, Fahrenheit were critical hits. Yeah, but they weren't giant commercial breakout successes. Fahrenheit fucking sucked. Uh, <laughs> also true. I hear you. I, I I didn't mean to make it sound like Heavy Rain was our first yeah. fucking swing of the bat here, but I mean Heavy Rain was way bigger than those. I, like Fahrenheit, that is I think probably if you want to put the definition of wasted potential in a game. Yeah. Amazing first seed. Incredible. Then like at some point, it's just David Cage going, I watched The Matrix. Let, let me show you how much I watched The Matrix. Uh, Kebabs has three in a row here. 
However, only one of them is good, so he will be shamed for two of them. <laughs> the first one is the good one. You can actually you can you can actually see the save icons for PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four games if you go into the save data. Yes, but they're not as cool as the. PS4. They're not, but they're not what they were on PS One, where they were like, "This is like screenshots or whatever, or like just the art of like, like yeah, this like, enjoy, like, like a little like, animated Sonic model." Right? Yeah, like, it's not. It's not. A, they were awesome on PS One. Yeah. Here's where I get pissed off. All right, Kebabs then goes. PS One memory cards do work on PS Two, but only for PS One games. Sorry, Imran, frowny face. No, that's exactly what he's fucking talking about. Yeah. You can follow the conversation, <laughs> Kebabs. He's saying that he bought the PlayStation Two, thinking his PlayStation One memory card would continue to work for PlayStation Two games. I don't accept that one. You're you're shamed. And then Kebabs says, they replaced PSX with the PlayStation Awards this year. It was held last night. That's not night. the same thing. That's not the same thing. Yeah. Kebabs, I want you to take the ruler and hit yourself across the knuckles twice. <laughs> they did open up a near 10th anniversary site last night, so I'm kind of curious what that's going to be. Interesting. Oh, maybe it's going to be a port or remake of the first one. Who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, it's kind of funny games daily. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be Blessing, who's in town, and Gary Witta. Then Thursday, it'll be me, and GameSpot Mike's Mahardy, who's in town. Mike's Mahardy. <laughs> and then Friday, it'll be me and Imran Khan. A 9.30 show. I didn't mm-hmm. tell you that yet. I put it here on the notes. And okay. I, didn't, I didn't mention it to you. We're doing a 9.30 All right. kickoff time. And then Thursday, there's also Gamescast, 2 p.m. Me, Tim, Fran, Imran. I assume we're going to talk a lot about Pokemon. <laughs> I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I see you falling apart over there. You, you, you were enjoying it, enjoying it, and then it's just like, what the fuck? Why am I battling this businessman who's got a perfect fucking Pokemon? I... I... We'll talk more about it, but I think it's an enjoyable game that I was not all that good. Fair. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, each and every weekday, variety of platforms, video game news. You like it. It's great. It's cool. We hang out. <laughs> There's a million places to get it. Wherever you get it, thank you for your support. We love making it for you. Consider going to patreon.com slash games. Kick us a few bucks. You can be part of the show or just show your support. Remember, if you're driving your car right now and listening to a podcast, slam on that e-brake and open up your phone and go to Amazon Prime and link it to Twitch Prime. Give us all that. Bye, everybody!